Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder that the Patreon campaign for The Broken Meeple is always ongoing. You can check it out at patreon.com slash thebrokenmeeple where you have the option of donating as little as a dollar a month to help me improve the written reviews, the podcast, and the upcoming YouTube channel. Okay, on with the show. This is the Dice Tower Network, adding games to your wish list since 2005. The home of smart people, insightful board gaming commentary, and Luke Hector. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. The Broken Meeple, Season 2, Episode 12, Pre-Expo. This is a short broadcast going over my thoughts on the upcoming UK Games Expo, which I will be attending for the entire weekend and even for part of Thursday evening as well. I'm looking most forward to it. This is my thoughts on what I'm looking forward to most, what demos I want to get involved in, what games I'm going to be on the lookout for, and just generally, what are my plans for this great convention. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Yes, as I said, this is just a quick preview episode for the UK Games Expo coming up on the 2nd of June. Yes, it's just right around the corner, starting this coming Friday and going on to Sunday evening. I will probably be at the hotel, the Hilton Hotel, from around Thursday evening. But first, I have to spend the day with Sam Healy and Jay from Breacher18.com in order to experience a bit of Nottingham. I've never actually been to Nottingham, funny enough. And Sam's very kindly invited us to chat with him and play games for the morning of, you know, the Thursday at the Dice Cup, which apparently is a game cafe over in Nottingham. Like I say, never been there before, so I've never seen the place. Hopefully Jay can take me around a few sites while we're there. But I'm looking very much forward to that, so I'll be doing that on the Thursday. I'll turn up to the expo on the Thursday evening, and I will be there throughout the entirety of the expo, all the way until probably late on Sunday because there's a chance I might be going out for dinner with the Dice Tower at that point as part of the contributors thing. So, you know, I'm going to be there for quite a lengthy duration. In terms of my schedule, well, I don't have that many plans for the expo as in what I physically planned. It's more that I'm going to wing a lot of it. But generally what I'm planning to do is obviously I'm going to play and demo a lot of games. I'll be doing my usual blog thing with my camera, you know, photos, not video, unfortunately. But I will also be attending some of the seminars there, like the Dice Tower Top 10. They will be, well, Top 10, Top 5. They'll be doing a Top 5 with no pun included on there, and I'll be doing a, you know, giving my thoughts at the very end of that show, just like as a quickie. And I probably will go to a couple of the other seminars as well, but not that many this year. I'll probably be trying to spend more time going around the expo itself. However, I also do need to help out the Dice Tower on the booth every now and again. They have a booth at E6, I believe is the stand number, and I will be there at various times. Now, Tom has put a schedule up on Board Game Geek as to who out of the Dice Tower Network and the Board Game Breakfast crew are going to be there at what time. So I urge you to go onto Board Game Geek and look out for that list. But if you want to, you know, catch me at any point on the booth, I will be there on Friday at 4pm along with Jay from Breacher18 for an hour. On Saturday, I will be there from 2 o'clock in the afternoon for an hour with Dave Luger. That should be a good laugh. And then on Sunday, I will be doing a two-hour stint from 
two o'clock all the way till four o'clock in which I'll be there along with a mixture of Tom, Zam and Z. So I'm looking forward to doing that because I helped out on the booth at Essen as well and it was a fun experience. I mean, yeah, you're standing there and selling promos but you're also saying hi to everybody. You know, people just come up and say hi, say how you're doing, talk about their games, ask you for advice, get you to sign stuff. It's really good fun. It's just great to engage with everybody. So those times that I mentioned, if you want to catch me specifically, then those are probably the best times to catch me at the show. But I'll be wandering around the expo hall and, you know, even though we've got a big hall, it's only so big, you will more than likely spot me wearing one of my Broken Meeple t-shirts that I've recently got printed. You know, nice big logo of the Broken Meeple with a, you know, blue, almost like a Stars and Stripes type colour scheme across it. So a lot of blue and white and that kind of thing. So I will look forward to talking to a lot of you there. So the UK Games Expo, for those of you who have not been to it before, it is a large game convention. It is the biggest one that the UK does, and it's run by a very well-organized crew, I have to say. This convention has been growing for the last few years that I've been going, where originally it was only in the Hilton Hotel next door, and now it's progressed into the NEC Center, and it's getting bigger each year. We've actually got more floor space this year than we did last year in the NEC Center, so it's going to be big but not overwhelming. That's one thing I like about this convention. It's big enough to give you plenty of variety, but not completely slap you in the face in terms of overwhelming you. You know, Essen has that slight problem because it's huge, it's great, but it's also huge. So therefore, it's quite difficult to get from A to B, not to mention it's just a little overwhelming at times. I've heard uh, Tom compare UK Games Expo to Origins, so if you're looking for a comparison, Origins is kind of a similar size, but I think UK Games Expo might be slightly smaller, I'm guessing. But it's a great sort of size for a convention, you know, not too busy, not too not too bare either. Although this time, because it's taking place during half-term week, that has me concerned a little bit, because normally Saturday is the busy day, Sunday is the uh, you know quietest day, and Friday is a bit in between. But because it's half-term week, that means the kids are off school, which means that Friday could be busy as well. I don't know how that's going to affect the convention itself, but I'll just have to see. It's just going to take a bit of planning, shall we say, in order to make certain I can go to all the stands that I want to. But the convention is great, and me, my friends, and everybody else on podcasting networks, Dice Tower Network, everything, we cannot wait to go there, so I look forward to it. Now for this episode, I just want to talk over a few games that I'm looking forward to and the reasons why. I'm mainly talking about games that you don't demo, so I want these are games that are like, oh, if they're actually that good, I might want to buy them. But for now, I will just quickly go over a few places that I will definitely be demoing. For starters, I will gun it for Portal games, pretty much like straight off the bat, because I want to try out Alien Artifacts which looks like a really cool sort of card tableau game where you're developing technologies and things like that. It's like, I don't know very much about that particular game, but it just the cover looks awesome. It's Portal. I've heard a lot of good buzz. So this is one that I definitely want to try. But primarily, I want to go there for First Martians. You know, Robinson Crusoe is a great co-op game that even I had to take some time to realize actually how good it was. Well, First Martians is the same sort of thing, except it's on Mars and it has an app driving the game and I am a big patriot of apps in games you know Mansions of Madness, XCOM and all that so if this one can pull off Robinson Crusoe effectively with an app oh this could be a big love for me so I'll definitely be checking that one out. I also want to go by either Lookout or Mayfair depending which one's got it and check out the Cave 
versus Cave. It's the two-player version of Caverner. Now, I love Caverner, but how much I'm going to love a two-player version, I don't know, because it's harder for me to get two-player games to the table. So this might be one that I will like, but not necessarily get to play very often. And I've already got some really good two-players, like Seven Wonders Duel and my abstract strategy game. So this one's going to have to bring out something pretty good to the table. And we already technically had Agricola All Creatures Great and Small a long time ago. So how this one's going to differ from that, we'll soon find out. I suspect it will have, you know, the same kind of building tiles. And I suspect it will still have an indoor and an outdoor, that kind of thing. So it, it should be fun. I don't see a reason why I wouldn't like it. It's just a case of whether I'm going to desperately be grabbing for it for the fact that it's only two players. Monolith will be demoing Batman the board game. Now, I wasn't the biggest fan of Conan, but, you know, it had really good miniatures, it looked good, and it just needed some severe rules sorting, shall we say. But it was okay. Now, whether they will do a better job on Batman, I don't know. But the sculpts already look pretty sweet. They're demoing it at the expo. I don't know how much it's actually finished, considering I don't think they're going to kickstart it until, like, 2018 or something. So it's probably going to be, like, really basic pizzas. But if they can get Batman into a model board game and make it work, I'll definitely be looking at that one for certain. But I'm a little bit hesitant based on my original thoughts with Conan. Grubbling Games will be demoing, hopefully, Perfect Crime. That is definitely one that I want to check out because, not only, well, not just because they're a Cornwall-based company, you know, West Country Boy and all, but I am actually really hoping, like fingers crossed, that they can pull this off because this theme of Perfect Crime is it's either co-op or it's competitive or it's 1v all, that kind of thing, team v team. And it's about pulling off bank heists. So you, the bank team or person is preparing the defenses and the persons or the robbers are preparing all the gear in the various ways and scoping the place out. It sounds absolutely perfect for a theme that hasn't been done that much before and could be done really, really well. I am just praying that they've got it down to a T because I tried out some prototypes in the early days and I saw potential. Obviously, it needed a lot of work in those times, but it had potential. If they've managed to sort out some of the issues we brought up, if they've managed to streamline it, get it to work so it's not a dragging game, that kind of thing, it could be fantastic and I'm just really hoping it will be. But I, if they've got a proper demo over there, I want to try it. That's Perfect Crime from Grublin Games. And finally, I want to get a little bit more time playing a game by, you know, a friend of mine, Paul Harris, who has recently started to design his own board game. He, you might recognize his name from the man who is responsible for bringing HandyCon to the world. This is, well, to the world, to the UK at least. And it's another gaming convention. It's kind of like a, almost like a sister to Aircon in a sense. You know, it's that sort of level, I guess. You know, a couple of exhibitors and plenty of people sitting around playing board games. Well, HandyCon is a bit further south, so it was a lot easier for me to get to, and I went to the one back in January, and it was good fun. I'll certainly be there for HandyCon 2 in August. But he has started to design his board game called Scrumpy. And anybody who knows anything about the West Country knows exactly why I'm interested in this game. Because Scrumpy is cider. The strong, good cider. The proper West Country cider. And, well... To be fair, it's a board game about one of my heritage drinks. Of course I'm going to be interested in this one. In fact, I've already sat down and had a demo game of it. Um, he brought it to one of our Southampton gaming meets. And I sat down and tried it. And yes, it needs tweaking. I mean, it's in its early stages. He's just going to be demoing an early prototype. But it's got potential. It's kind of like a deck builder meets worker placement with some neat little twists. And it's like, 
you know, if you can streamline it and you can get it sorted and balanced, this could be pretty good, you know. And to be fair, I love viticulture. I like wine. I love viticulture. So why shouldn't I like Scrumpy for the same sort of reasons? So if he's managed to do any more tweaks, it would be nice to get another game of that in, or at least just to see him at the convention to witness how other people are taking to the Scrumpy thing. He's certainly already got me to do it, and well, as a West Country boy, I suppose that's one achievement ticked off his Steam checklist. So I'm just going to briefly talk about now a few games that I'm actually wanting to really try out. I mean, I want to see them in action, I want to know more about them, and maybe even buy them if they look that good. And also, depending on how my bring and buy sales actually go, because I'm kind of hoping to make some money on the bring and buy so that I can buy more games here. It's kind of the way it works for me. But I'm going to just talk about these games briefly. I only know so much information about them because obviously there's only so much information provided by the designer or the publishers. But these are the ones I'm gunning for. First up is a game by, I believe, Wolf Designer. Is that the pronunciation of that phrase? It's kind of a weird way to spell it. But this is a game called Warp Gate. Now, there's very little information about this. It pretty much has just been touted as a 4X game in 90 minutes. That's a tall feat, because most 4X games either don't do a full 4X, you know, Empires of the Void and various other ones, you know, they did 3X effectively, and most proper 4X games are whopping great big monstrosities, Twilight Imperium 3, for example, and Zyre, Legends of Adrift. In fact, I'm not even sure if that qualifies as 4X, but... This one is saying that it can do it in a short amount of time. We're talking 60 to 90 minutes. 4X in 60 to 90 minutes? If you can pull that off, this could be a hit. However, I need to find out for myself a bit more about this game, but just the whole idea of 4X in 90 minutes is one that I'm certainly interested to know more about. Next up is a game currently on Kickstarter at the moment, and it's designed by a man called, I believe, David Turksy. Again, sorry if I really mispronounce these names. I'm not very good with names, particularly if they're not British names. You know, I'm sorry. It's just me, but I'll do my best. And if I don't, then I'll apologize to you in person. But this is a game called Kitchen Rush. It's currently on Kickstarter, and it's from Artipia Games. Now, Despite my pronunciation of the designer's name, this is the man who, to his credit, has done a couple of other games, like, uh, I believe Petricor was one of them, and uh, Days of Ire Budapest, I think. These weren't games that I was that interested in, but the one that he's done that I'm definitely a fan of currently, Anachrony. It's the same designer who did Anachrony, and Anachrony was that big, you know, heavy time travel worker placement game with such a cool theme that actually manages to do time travel and make it work mechanically. It's like such an achievement. But I'm hoping to get this one reviewed at some point in the far future. It takes a while to get that many games of it played, especially with all its extra modules. But so far, really enjoying it. But Kitchen Rush, getting back to the point, is kind of like a very big opposite to that. I mean, it looks thematic, but basically you're running a restaurant. So this is like taking orders, going out and buy groceries and that. And it's worker placement, but your workers are hourglasses. Now, you might think that sounds a bit similar to Pursuit of Happiness. Well, not quite, because these hourglasses are actual hourglasses. They're timed. It's a timed game. So the, you have to put these hourglasses on various spots, and the sand in all these timers will start running out as you try to do other things. And you won't be able to do other actions until you've spent the time doing the other ones. 
Sounds quite frantic. Sounds like it could be a stressful, in a good way, kind of game. I can play it solo and up to four players. But, you know, the designer's already hit me off with Akinacrony. And it's uh, looking to be a short game, 30 to 45 minutes. It's done by Artipia Games, and I generally like a lot of their stuff. And the theme just looks pretty good. It looks very colourful. It looks like a theme that I want to see more. I want to see a lot more games where people run a restaurant. And no, I'm not talking about food chain magnate. But, you know, restaurants, I think, is a theme that needs to be explored more in a nice, streamlined, fun way. So I'm eager to see how Kitchen Rush manages to do it and maybe gravitate me a bit more towards these time-style games. Another game that I'm more curious about than looking forward to is one called Hunger the Show. This is by Phalanx Games, and it's basically a reality TV show. These people have been put onto this desert island, and to win a million dollars, they have to get off via a raft, but they've only been given so much food. So as well as building this raft, they also have to gather food. Of course, that means they're likely to be stealing it from each other. Sounds like a weird premise and looks like it's going to be a parody of the kind of like I'm a survivor, get me out of here style things. But sounds like a laugh. Sounds like it's going to be a mean cutthroat game. You know, you're stealing off each other. It's only a 15 to 20 minute timer, so it's going to be nice and quick. There's two to six players, so it covers that five and six player margin. That's quite hard to find games for. It says to be a family game as well. So, you know, maybe a nice little simple game about trying to get off an island. It will have some simultaneous sort of guess what the opponent's going to do and try and anticipate where they're going to go. So kind of reminds me of what Not Alone was like, where you had to guess where the alien was going to go before, or where the survivors were going. Could be quite funny, but this one's just got me curious about the uh, the sort of name and the setting for it mainly. But I'll give this one a check, 15 to 20 minutes. It's not like it's going to take a lot of my time to find out more about this one. This one I am looking forward to simply because of its name, or to be more effectively, its uh, setting. It's called, I believe it's pronounced Baron Park. Um, it's got uh, an issue, it's got like the accent in that, and it's a German game. But basically, I think it translates to Bear Park, or certainly to that degree. It's basically you build a park with bears in. I love bears. Bears are my favorite animal in the world, hands down. Doesn't matter. Black bear, brown bear, polar bear, maybe not so much koala bear. I'm not even sure if they're even part of the bear family technically. I'm pretty sure they're not actually. Uh, actually, I don't know. Somebody correct me on that one. I don't think they're part of the bear family. But you know, general bears, I love. I just so big and cuddly. I don't know. I mean, yes, I know they could kill you stone dead, but if you tick them off too much. But I don't know. They just look so cool. The bears. Anyway, back to the point. Baron Park is one where you've got these uh, polynomial tiles, so it's a bit like uh, the almost like the patchwork games, the cottage garden style thing, where you've got these different shaped pieces, and you're building this park for the bears. So you've got to build enclosures for the different bears. You've got to build like the food for them. You've got to build. Uh, you just got to basically use your land wisely and build it together on this board. So obviously, it's got all the Tetris pieces have got to fit together. Whether it's just going to be a carbon copy of something like Cottage Garden and uh, Patchwork and that, I don't know. But, you know, it's from Lookout Games in Mayfair. And Lookout Games, when they get involved, tend to do some very fun, lightweight Euros. And even the occasional good heavy one as well. So, it will look good. 
it may be it may be a fun game and it's certainly going to be a setting and theme that I can get into just because it's about bears. I like bears. What can I say? You know, Takinoko, panda bear. Bear and park, build a park of bears. I just like bears. It just seems to be the way. I don't know why. I don't even know what got me onto that in the first place. But I'll make a beeline for this one at some point during the convention. 30 to 45 minutes, short timer. I look forward to checking that one out. Next up is more of a recommendation. Um, I've spoken to some people on Facebook, you know, particularly when we talk about heavy games and that. And a buddy on there has basically reminded me of a game called Century Spice Road. Now, the setting for this sounds like it's going to bore me to tears. It just says, you know, the first in a series of games that explores the history of each century with spice trading as the theme for this installment. Wow. Okay, not the best theme in the world. But it looks to be a very simple 30 to 45 minute game that uses cards and, you know, very simple actions. What's intrigued me with this one is because this has been touted to me as a Splendor killer. Now, I like Splendor. Splendor is a very nice, simple game. It's perfect gateway level. Looks nice. Yes, it has no theme whatsoever, but it's a quick, dry, you know, simple gateway game. So if you're bringing me another game that can do it better and introduce a theme, even if the theme's not one that I'm really going to be, like, gunning for, shall we say, then I want to check it out and see if it's got the potential to do that, because that's a tall feat. So, not much else to say about that one, just Century Spice Road. Could it be a Splendor Killer? I don't know, we'll find out. Okay, two more that I'm going to talk about now, and first up is Beer Empire. Yes, I know, it's alcohol related, that probably has a little thing to do with it, but know this, I don't like beer. I don't like beer or ale. I drink cider, and I drink wine, and I don't mind the occasional spirit like a Bailey's or whiskey and coke. You know, so beer is not exactly the first theme I'd gravitate towards, but, you know, a Euro game about running a brewery and, you know, striving for, you know, making the best beer and using particular, you know, market expectations for, you know, I want this beer to be hoppy or something. I mean, I'm not an expert on how beer is made. and But it does sound pretty cool. I mean, the board looks a little bit too cluttered. And I'm worried that maybe the colour scheme is a little too distracting. But, you know, a, a game about running a brewery. That's a pretty cool theme that I can get behind. The only thing that worries me is that it's all about, you know, you know, it's a set collection mechanism. That's fine. You compose recipes using a variety of ingredients. Okay, cool. Resource tiles, resource management. I like. But then it's... it All that stuff influences the quality of beer. But I'm just curious about this whole market setup. Because... Is this going to be a market that means it's going to, you know, it's going to be more of an economic game? Is it going to be a market that, uh, you know, dictates, you know, it's all about money in that, you know, because I don't want it to go down that route. I want it to be more about a resource Euro game about running a brewery and making beer. Sounds like it could be pretty sweet though. Um, it's done by Boards and Dice, I believe is the publisher. 60 to 120 minutes. Eh, could be a little bit long. I bet that'll drag on a little bit, you know, to closer to the two-hour mark, to be honest. But I'll give it a try. Beer brewing, I reckon that'll be a fun theme. I doubt it's going to be like a viticulture killer, shall we say. But it'll be nice to have something else in that kind of theme of making alcoholic beverages and selling them. A 
And finally, a bit of an obscure game. This is done by Strawberry Studio, which is a pretty weird name for a publisher, but eh, I've seen worse. I'm not saying it's a bad name, but it's a strawberry studio. I wonder what the, uh, you know, I want to be the fly on the wall during the meeting that came up with that name. But I suppose it might have something to do with the front cover of this next game, actually, which is Pyramid of the Sun. This is a two to five player card game. We're talking 10 to 20 minutes, you know, really short. And it's simple rules, fast gameplay. You're pretty much just like, you know, picking up cards and playing cards. It's a nice little card filler. And you're building these pyramids. And it's all about playing your cards right and finding the perfect timing to use your cards versus what your opponents are doing. But that's not so much what's got me. I mean, I do like these filler card games, but ooh, the artwork for this is really beautiful. The front cover itself just looks very nice and warming. I don't know, it's kind of weird. And you know, a lot of it's pink, so there goes your strawberry studio, I guess. But it does look very nice. It looks like it's going to be really vibrant on the table. I wouldn't mind another decent filler card game, because to be honest, actually, looking at my collection, it's been a while since we actually had many decent filler card games. I mean, you know, I've still got things like Love Letter and Cockroach Poker and stuff like that on my shelf. But, you know, recent ones that I've tried to come out and do it, like Fabled Fruit, wasn't a big fan. Fuji Flush, that was a load of rubbish. Yeah, there's not many filler card games that have come out where I can sort of go, yeah, you know what, I just need a quick filler micro game for, you know, a few players just to bridge a gap. So I'm looking to see what this one does and hope that the gameplay measures up to the artwork. And that's all I'm really going to go into, just to you know, remind you that, like I said, I'll be at the Expo all week. Check out the Board Game Geek uh, post that Tom Vassell has put up to check out the full schedule for his uh, seminars and for when we're all going to be on the booth, not just me, but also the Dice Tower gang and Jay and Dave and I believe uh, running from Game Pit Podcast will be on occasionally and some of the people from Board Game Breakfast, so feel free to pop along to the booth and see me and them. And basically just chat to us and say hi. It's all about community engagement at the end of the day. That's what I like most about doing this sort of thing. But also those were a few games I'm going to be kind of gunning for. There are others that have maybe piqued my interest. You know, like, oh, you know, I'll check these out. And I'm sure hopefully there'll be some nice hidden gems that I haven't even considered and then suddenly find them. I mean, you know, best example I can think of, Coffee Roaster. That was a similar deal. You know, I did not expect to find it. Went to Essen, saw it. Wow, one of my best solo games ever. And funny I should mention solo games, yes. Uh, I did earlier this morning start recording a collaboration podcast with myself, Jason Perez and Anthony Chatfield over on Board Games Anonymous. They, this is for their Every Night is Game Night podcast. We're going to do a top 10 solo games. This is going to be a pretty epic podcast. We're talking like two hours in length. I'll do it in two parts. We're going to release it hopefully in the next week, week and a half tops, you know, in both parts that is. I will put it on my podcast and they will put it on their podcast so you'll be able to view it from either end of the stream although I've got the job of editing it. We have a slight hiccup with it, because we recorded it earlier this morning. It was a great conversation. We had lots of fun. And it turned out that not everybody pressed record on their microphone, and the Skype recorder decided not to record our side of the conversation. So with three of us talking, only two of us, myself and Anthony, had our conversations recorded, and Jason was nowhere to be heard. So, yeah, we couldn't really salvage that. And we didn't want to give it up because it was a fun podcast, 
and we've also got some uh, contributors, including Rado and Suzanne, to you know give their thoughts on solo games. And you know we have a people's choice. You know we made a big deal of this on the Solo Board Gamers Facebook page. So we're going to re-record it tomorrow. So, you know, it's it's a downer whenever technical problems ruin something that you've been doing for some time. I mean, that's why I'm constantly staring at my screen to make certain that Audacity is recording this properly. But, you know, persevere. We'll just talk it down to experience. We'll triple check everything's working. And we'll get that re-recorded tomorrow so that I can edit it in time to get it out this week. So that I can do it before having to worry about Expo late time planning. But of course, if you want to find out more about the UK Games Expo, obviously you can go to their actual website where there's plenty of information about seminar schedules and events and tournaments, etc. I won't be doing any tournaments because I'm not a fan of competitive tournament scenes now. I just want to play games that have fun, not to win prizes. It's just not my scene anymore. But you will also benefit from looking at a thread on Board Game Geek for the UK Games Expo. I believe a gentleman called Tom, not Tom Vassell, another Tom, has put up this geek list for games that are coming out. So that's worth a look if you want to find out more about the impending games. Of course, other recommendations I can make include going to Tabletop Together's homepage where they have a fantastic tool that basically comes off that geek list that I just mentioned and allows you to set up an account and put in order, you know, actually tick a box, so a checklist of not interested, want, like, need, maybe, you know, that kind of thing, and filter your list and print it out. So you can basically have a list of all the games that you're planning to go visit when you do, and it will have details like who the designer is, the publisher, the ratings, and possibly details of where they're going to be stand-wise, but not necessarily, but, you know, the expo hall is big, but it's not so big you'll never be able to find something. So you should be able to locate your way. And failing that, just go to the UK Game Expo homepage and find the map. It's probably a decent resource for you. And that's assuming you don't get a massive brochure when you walk straight through the door and pick it up there. So either way, I'm sure you'll be able to find them. But it's a wonderful tool. And obviously, other people that I know have started putting out preview episodes as well. You know, Who Dares Rolls, Polyhedron Collider, and uh, Breach 18 and that. You know, so check out their vids. Find out more about what they want to see. I think uh, after listening to some of them, you know, we've got differing opinions and some shared opinions as to what we want to see. But either way, we're all going to be there. We're all going to be enjoying this expo. And I cannot wait to try out these games, to see all the Dice Tower crew again, to see all the like podcasters from around the UK, and of course, to see all of you. So, you know, feel free to come up and shake my hand or just say hi. I'd love to see you during the day at the Trade Hall. And of course, during the evening, I'll be wandering around the Hilton Hotel. So you'll be able to, you know, spot me, say hi, and we'll play games. You know, that's what we're there for. So I'll be pretty much flat out doing stuff throughout all of the expo. Cannot wait. So that's it. I'll let you get on now. I got plenty enough to sort out and plan for said expo. So I'll catch you guys later. Look out for the two-part special top 10 solo podcast eventually during, say, the next week, week and a half. And until next time, I will see you at the UK Games Expo. Take care. Remember, it's only a game. Thanks for listening. You can check out more material from The Broken Meeple at my website at www.brokenmeeple.blogspot.co.uk. You can also find me on Facebook or see my Twitter handle at The Broken Meeple. If you live anywhere near Portsmouth, feel free to come along to one of our fortnightly Wednesday board gaming clubs, Portsmouth On Board. Search for us on meetup.com or Facebook for more information. 
Occasional support for the Broken Meeple comes in the form of review copies of games, from distributors such as Estevium Games and from retailers such as Chaos Cards, where you can find great games at great prices at chaoscards.co.uk. Thanks again, and from me and everyone else at the Dice Tower Network, have fun gaming. You're listening to the Dice Tower Network. If you like this show, you might like the D6 Generation, or Today in Board Games Week in Review. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com.